Hey guys, Alex here, AJNashville.com, here with Luis. Hey guys, haven't seen you in a while. Right. Um, none of us have seen no, him in a while. None of them. It's, it's been one of those things. We've been crazy, crazy busy. So um, I hope everyone out there is safe. I hope everyone out there is observing and, and doing what they can to play their parts to make sure that the people around them are safe. I mean, let's face it, this, this virus is kind of scary. I know that. Uh, here we go. <laughs> I'm glad we're recording over the phone. No, I'm just kidding. But, um, you know, it's one of those things that when you actually stop and boil it down and actually think about it and look at it, you know, it's, it's a scary thing. Like imagine getting sick to the point where you had to quarantine and you couldn't see your kids, your significant other, your family, your mom, your dad, whoever it is for an extended period of time without potentially putting them at risk. And even more so if it turns into something that's fatal or deadly, you're going to die alone. You know, at the end of the day, if, if you look at some of these reports, like you can't have people come visit you if you're that sick. So imagine that. I mean, when people are going out there, take those precautions because of that, you know, and I don't want to be the negative Nancy. That's not what this uh, podcast is about today. Actually, I want to go over a couple different topics. Um, I want to talk about the federal stimulus package. I want to talk about the uh, what's going on with the housing market, you know, and people having this forbearance and deferment on payments. And then I want to talk about the temperature of the market altogether. So let's boil it down to smaller pieces. Uh, first thing is, you know, the the uh, stimulus package. Obviously, mm-hmm. there's going to be right. a lot of people that are receiving this money. The biggest thing that I can do is encourage those of you that do receive this money to please, please, please sit on please it. Please save it. Save it. Yes. Use it to pay your bills. Rainy day. Like I'm in some investment groups, and there's people on there saying, oh, I'm going to take the 1200 bucks and I'm going to apply it towards Delta Airlines or whatever stock. And, and that's the stupidest thing you can do because we don't know how long this is going to last. And if you're in a position where you're receiving this money, it's for a reason. It's not just to go out there and blow it. Don't go out. I can't wait to see the first person that's like, check out these new wheels I just bought with my stimulus pack. You know, mm. you know it's going to happen. <laughs> they just went to discount tire and bought right. some, some nice, nice wheels for 900 bucks. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the biggest thing is, is this is life changing for some people. You know, there's families out there that this 1200 bucks or whatever it ends up being is going to allow them to live. And if we're taking this and frivolously spending it, then you got to look at the people around you, you know, the people that it's affecting, the people that it's impacting. Um, I I'll get be honest with you. I don't want the check. I, I don't either. I'm, well, I'm not getting a check, but it, even if even if I was, I don't want it because there's somebody out there that can use it more than I can. Like, I wish there was a way to say, you know what, let's take this and let's donate it to XYZ organization because they help feed people, mm-hmm. you know, or let's let's take all our stimulus checks, put them together and get a semi truck full of food so we can feed a, a, a neighborhood, you know, something like that. Yeah, definitely. But like I said, the biggest piece of advice I can give, use it to pay your bills, use it to to live on groceries, whatever it may be. You know, that's that's kind of a short topic. Uh, the next one I want to jump into is a little bit bigger, and this is something that we're more passionate and familiar about, and that is the forbearance or deferment that the feds have announced for mortgages. Now, the big thing is you can turn on any channel, and the news is unfortunately reporting this the wrong way, and they're saying, hey, don't make your payment. The feds are going to step in. They're going to do this. You're going to be protected against lates, defaults, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, at the end of the day, you know, is there things in motion to get it figured out? There is. But your mortgage belongs to whatever servicer that currently holds it, not the feds. So what that means is you still have to play by the rules. Now, does that mean that the feds are organizing and doing things to get stuff in place to help you? Absolutely. Yes. But 100%, the best advice I can give anybody is this. Pick up the phone. Call your servicer. 
Explain to your servicer your current circumstance and situation. Ask them, is this a forbearance or a deferment? Here's the difference. Forbearance means that if you have, for numbers purposes, a $1,000 a month mortgage, and they say, we are going to put you in a forbearance for three months, what happens is on month four, your $1,000 that you've missed for the past three months becomes due on month four, meaning you now owe $4,000. Well, here's one thing I will say. If your payment is $1,000 a month, chances are, if you're having trouble paying that this month, in four months, you'll have a hell of a time paying $4,000 for your mortgage to stay caught up. Mm, Definitely. Deferment is when they put it on the back of the loan. So what they do in a deferment situation is they do not compound interest on it, and they will put it on the back of the loan. And so if you currently owe, let's say, 360 months, and you skip those payments then you will still owe the 360 months. You've made no forward progress, which that's fine. You know, if either one of these packages, if it is in your budget to do so, do it. However, I've talked to a lot of people that financially can make their payment that are asking how they can get out of making their payment. Understand the economic issues that we will see if people that can afford to pay their payment do not make their payment. Imagine what these banks are going through. Keep in mind, the banks cannot print money every day. That's not their job. They don't print money. They collect money. They spend money. They invest money. So if there's hundreds of thousands of people not making their mortgage payment, and out of those hundreds of thousands of people, 50% could, but they don't, you are now damaging the economy. I don't want to make a mortgage payment. I really don't. But guess what? I made mine early. Why did I make it early? Because my thought is, at some point, Wells Fargo is going to be like, He pays his mortgage, no matter what happens. It's not going to happen. I know Wells Fargo doesn't care about me. (laughs) But at the end of the day, I'm doing my part to help keep the economy together as much as possible. Because part of the issue in the housing collapse was banks failing because people weren't making payments. Now we are in a position where we're forcing that again when some of us don't have to force that factor. The bigger thing is, is there's more people impacted by this than there was the housing collapse. So you talk about, I believe the number was 665,000 unemployed people during the housing collapse. Right now, as of, I think this week, it was 6.29 million, or it was over 6 million people that were impacted, right, that that are unemployed. Um, Staggering numbers, crazy numbers. But that just means it's time to do what Americans do. Were these people really unemployed, or were they furloughed? Well, you know, that's a tricky, it's... The thing is, I'm hearing companies that say, hey, we're going to give you two weeks off. And then after that two weeks, you need to go file unemployment. We're going to pay you for the two weeks in case we go back. But after that period, you're going to have to file for unemployment. Mm. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, statistically, are they unemployed? If you're not collecting a check and you're not putting in the hours, the answer is yes. Um, but, you know, we, we need to be mindful of that because bear in mind, there's a lot of people that are self-employed that – are still out making money that are taking advantage of some of the SBA loans and the the PPP um, bill that just not bill but assistance that just passed where they're they're encouraging people to keep their employees employed and on the payroll, you right. know. So the thing is, is don't use it if you don't have to, you know, because if if we're all in line and there's thirty blocks of cheese, let's say, and there's sixty of us trying to make cheese sandwiches and 45 of us have the money to buy our own cheese. Well, guess what? When the first 30 run through, half of those really needed it. The other half may not have needed it. Um, and and the remaining, 
well, I said half, half, and you know, but you get my point. The right. remaining people left over don't get it. And out of those people that don't get it are the people that need it. So if you're in a position where you don't need this money, don't take it. Like this isn't this isn't the time to say, ooh, it's free money, you know? And unfortunately, in the way that American greed works, that's the the stance that's being taken. You know, it's staggering to see the amount of people that are having to file for this SBA loan. And I get it. Like, I'm not saying anything bad about anybody that's having to file for this loan, but it's a very, very high number. And at this point, you can't tell me that all these people are honestly failing. You know, all these people three weeks into this thing are suddenly, oh, my God, I have no more money left. You know, Um, I'm not saying it's not possible. I'm not saying that some people aren't experiencing this. But if you're in a position where you can continue to thrive forward and continue to do what you have to do and pay your bills and be comfortable, please do so. You know, do yes. your part in maintaining America's economy and doing what we can to pull through this because we will. This is like anything else. The best thing about human beings is regardless of race, color, creed, beliefs, religion, whatever it may be that we as human beings tend to disagree or discriminate over, whatever the case may be. All that shit goes out the window when it comes time to help other human beings. And that's what America's great at. I mean, all countries are great at it to some degree, but America is like the poster child of people that support people in their time of need. I mean, look at 9-11, you know, nobody cared about anything at that point. Let's talk about the tornado that came through Nashville. Yeah, that's, I mean, people all walks of alive. people came together. Yep. And, and that's huge, you know, and, and unfortunately we're seeing just disastrous activities across the nation, you know, earthquakes, Mm -hmm. tornadoes, uh, flooding. I mean, all this crazy stuff's going on. But at the end of the day, we're all humans. You know, we're all going to be buried under the same pile of dirt, the same distance in the ground. I was informed by my buddy Chris Rice that you legally cannot be buried um, face down because he said, well, he said... I'm not going to be buried. I'm going to be floating in the air with that COVID. Right. (laughs) Well, so... Chris informed me that on his will when he got deployed to Iraq or uh, Afghanistan that he put in there he wanted to be buried face down so the world could kiss his ass. That's what he, <laughs> <laughs> that's what he said. Oh, and, and he was informed that legally you cannot do that. So, uh, But at the end of the day, oh. I mean, we're all going to end up the same way, you know. Um, we just need to do what we can to help people, help each other, be passionate, be, be the courteous individuals that we're normally being. And, and honestly – you know, the, the biggest part of doing that is doing our part to maintain our distance from people. You know, this this COVID-19 is a silent killer. This isn't like anything else. This isn't like AIDS where, you know, somebody chooses to have sex with somebody else and suddenly they contract this deadly disease that's now, for the most part, not curable, but sustainable. Mm-hmm. This is something that can spread anywhere without knowing. You know, that's the biggest thing. You can have two people sitting in the same room with no clue that the other has it and suddenly they could be sick and it could be life threatening for that person. So be mindful of that. Make that's your why. payments if you can. You know, what were we yeah. getting ready to say? I said that's why I'm wearing a mask. Right. <laughs> I thought you were just a ninja. <laughs> that's the great thing is everyone's running around and I'm like, these people are really cool. They you know, some have like camouflage mask and stuff. The creativity comes out. It's awesome. Definitely. Um, I thought about making a mask with like you know, different facial hair on it or something, <laughs> something just crazy to where people look and or like a pacifier oh, man. on it. That, you know, that would That's be good to take a picture that would of be a your good face business. and then make a print on, on uh, it. And it wouldn't look like you were wearing a mask, but you were. That's a good idea too. But, but think of that from a business standpoint. 
Like if you started a business making these masks with cool designs and patterns, I know somebody listening to this has the capacity to do that. And not only would you be helping other people at least filter the air around them, but you're giving people, you know, it's, it's a, um, like a designer thing. You know, yeah, it's like a, a fancy pair of shoes or something. Well, then, then, you know, I was talking to you the other day. I was in the hallway. Yeah. And I stuck some toilet paper up my nose. <laughs> and I walked, in the, I walked into his office, and I was like, hey, would you, would you invest if I made some nose, <laughs> nose plugs, filters? Yeah. Some nose filters? I think the Vietnam vets would call those cigarette butts. <laughs> I, think, I think they used those back in the day. They just broke off cigarette butts and stuck yeah, them in their too. nose. And then that's how Paul Malls were invented. No, no I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, and then the last topic I wanted to touch on, let's see, we touched on, oh, the, the temperature of the industry. So here's the thing. Things are changing. I, I did a post on Facebook in regards to this, and it's kind of like, you know, you get up in the middle of the night, you walk in the bathroom, and, and sometimes you click the, I click the light on because I need to make sure I'm shooting straight. But you click the light on, and your eyes kind of freak out for a second. Then, then you get done, and you click it off, and everything's kind of dark for a minute. And then after you take your first two or three steps, it clears up and suddenly you can see, you know, you have that vision in the night. Um, that's kind of like what we're going through now. You know, we've had that flash of light. We're all kind of blinded to some degree. The blur is coming through. And eventually we're going to get through this and we're going to see things clearly again. You know, let's face it, 2008, the housing collapse, the recession, the mortgage meltdown, you know, traumatic times that we all look back at now. We're like, hey, remember 2008? Ha ha, that was funny. Remember this back in 2008 or, or prior? Right. Um, it used to be you could get a, a – and mind you, there was many, many programs out there. But you have a 580 credit score. W-2 employee could get a stated income, stated asset loan with a 580 credit score. And that was the norm. And stated income meant I told you, hey, I'm a Domino's pizza delivery man and I make $6,000 a month. And as long as it made sense, that fell into place and that was accepted. And I could tell you I have $100,000 in the bank. Okay, Cool. You know, your credit's a 580 or above. And mind you, a 580 credit score, you're not going out and just knocking doors down. You, you've at some point had some issues and you're recovering from them or whatever the case may be, but it's not, you're not talking about 800 credit score, you know, individual credit file. So that was the norm back then. And then everything kind of stopped. And people, you know, the guidelines changed. Government loans became the thing. Alt-A was gone. Subprime was gone. So conventional loans became the thing. And with that carried a 640 credit score, you know, or, or this realm of things that we've never seen before. And we're all sitting there freaking out like, what are we going to do? Mm -hmm. What are we going to sell? We can't. State and income loans aren't. Well, guess what? People still have income. People still have paychecks. They still have W-2s. They still have tax returns. They still have all these ways to prove their income. And we evolved and we changed. And we got to a point where 640 was the norm or maybe 620 was the norm or maybe 580 with compensating factors and pay stubs and all this, these other factors was the norm you know, and we evolved and grew. And so what's happening is we have this temporary overlay. Literally, it's temporary. Every lender out there will tell you this is a temporary thing. We don't see this changing permanently. But what we're doing is protecting ourselves, which is understandable. You've got to protect the house because right. without the house, nobody can inhabit it, which means we can't work, which means we can't help people achieve their dream of homeownership. So it's a temporary change, but everyone's freaking out. And the thing is, is you have to ask yourself as individuals and look, I get it. People should be able to have accessibility to purchase a home as long as they qualify. And I say that carefully because I don't believe that every credit profile should be, quote unquote, entitled to a home. Do right. I believe that every American should be able to pursue the possibility of a home purchase? The answer is yes, absolutely. Every American in this country should be allowed to do 
what every American dreams of doing, and, and that's purchasing a home. As long as your income falls in place, as long as you have you know some assets set aside. I'm, I'm not saying you need to have 10%, 20%, something like that, but some ability to save in case the water heater breaks, you know. Water heater right now, what's it cost? Four or five hundred bucks for a water heater, probably two, three, four hundred bucks for install. You know, you're looking at a grand. What do you do if you don't have those assets? You know, or if you have not historically had those assets? Boil water on the stove. I mean, you could. <laughs> it's definitely a possibility. There was there was a time in my life where I was poor. And if you wanted hot water, like in the bath, you take your five gallon jug and you fill it up and fill it up and fill it up, and then you you boil, you know, a gallon to every five gallons basically, and get the water warm enough to no, take a bath. I've, I've been there too. I mean, it's it, it is what it is, but you know, we have to be cautious of our industry. We need to protect our industry because this is the industry that affects the economy. It it determines whether or not we have the ability to feed our families, and it determines whether or not these people remain in their home. We're not just saying, no, you can't do this, you shouldn't do that, because we don't want people in homes. We don't want to put people in homes that are going to potentially lead them to be displaced. You know, that's the concern. If you're truly concerned about your clients, you're going to look at the overall picture and not what you're going to make off closing them. Now, I'm not saying, hey, uh, I don't know about this guy, I'm going to turn them down, and they have all the qualifying factors. That's not your decision to make. What I am saying is, you need to, as a professional, be mindful of what it is that we're doing. And then let's take what it is that's going on in the industry, and let's just keep charging forward. Kind of like that that blur, and then now you can see. You can see, and you were blind for a minute, but if you keep pushing forward, take those one or two or three extra steps, things will be fine. Stop yeah. giving up. You know, I see mass panic. People, I, I had someone call me upset, you know about this program that went away for this client that they had that was purchasing a home. And guess what? I get it, you know. But if you're, if 99% if of your business is shook by this change, you really have to analyze the business that you currently play in and figure out if that's the business you want to continue in and figure out, you know, is this something that I'm doing that's actually going to help people long term? Because the fact is, if you put a person in a home that can't afford it and something happens, have you done them a favor? No, no, absolutely not. You've done them no favors because now they have to uproot their family because they can't afford it. And that's not doing any justice to anyone. That's taking a check and throwing it in your bank account for the sense of just closing a loan, you know? Um, so what we need to do is maintain those positive attitudes. We need to charge forward, evolve, and continue to do what we need to do to be successful in this business. So, you know, you have people like Greg Peace. He's out there. He's doing Matterport. The man. So. He is. He's, he's a beast, dude. And the thing is, is he's soaking up such a large market share because of what he's doing. You know, he's he thinks outside of the box. He does. Like he saw this stuff coming down the line. What did he do? He went and bought a Matterport. A Matterport is, for those of you that don't know, it's a specialized camera that will take 360 views of a house. And then the software will allow you to stack those views together to where you can do a complete virtual tour of these homes. He saw what was coming down the pipe and said... I'm going to invest my money and buy this. And he did. And he's making leaps and bounds changes. Here's the thing. More people should already have these in place. Like I understand they're expensive cameras, but if you make 3% on a sale of a home or a purchase of a home, they're not that expensive. You know what I mean? No, not at all. But he is able to evolve his business and grow because he's thinking outside the box. And that's what every single person that's listening right now, 
That's what I want you to do. Start thinking differently. Stop thinking of the norm. Stop going to whatever training class when they say, hey, post this post on Facebook and you're going to get all this traction. Stop doing that. Think for yourself. Charge forward. Continue to work. You know, at the end of the day, if we stop, we're allowing somebody else to dictate the futures of our families. We're allowing an outside source to step in and say, you can no longer feed your family in a way that you felt comfortable or successful doing before. Now it's time to find another way. If you allow that to happen, you probably didn't belong in this industry in the first place. And that's one of those cold, hard truths. And I know I'm going to get so much kickback for saying that. I'm going to get hate mail and everything else, which is cool because it's true. to me. Right. But, it, but it's true. If you allow, and I'll repeat it, somebody or some source outside of your business to impact your business, you should not have been in the business in the first place. And it's, it's dead on true. Because I'm so passionate about mortgages that the only way that I would ever stop doing it is if they made it against the law for me to do it. Like, this is what I do every day. If I woke up tomorrow and mortgages were gone, could I find another career? 110%. Do I want to? Not a chance. Do I want to stop doing mortgages? No. You know, I know that this is a way to save people. I, I talked about this a month ago when I told people, hey, refinance, pull some cash out, put a nest egg together, pay off some debt. And guess what? Some people listened. And some people wish they would have listened. And some people still don't listen. Why? Like, this is what we do, you know? Be the best at your profession. Either way, we don't want to see anyone fail. You know, most of you don't know this from the mortgage industry, but there's a lot of insider kind of battling going on between brokers and blah, 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 you know, and, and bankers. And there, there's a lot of adversity there. But at the end of the day, none of us truly want to see the other person fail, you know? Mm -hmm. We're all human beings trying to do what we can to feed our families, to put people in the homes, and to continue to drive forward. So... Anyways, I know this has been one of those long uh, podcasts. This has been the longest one we've done in a while. It's been a long one, but, but we it's haven't good. done one in a while. We haven't done one in a while, and it's good. You know, I, I really, really encourage everybody, like, stop listening to this doom and gloom crap that we hear on the news, that we read in the paper, that we see on Facebook. Get out. Have a charged, positive conversation. When I say get out, I don't mean literally get out. No, stay Because if you're in home. Tennessee, <laughs> if you're in Tennessee, that ain't happening. But – Get out and have a, a positively charged conversation with somebody. You know, I talked to, I told you this when you came in earlier, I talked to Greg for like an hour yesterday, and it was so insightful and it was so good to have a, a conversation with somebody in the industry that got it, but wasn't doom and gloom, and, and we were able to talk about how we're going to proceed forward and how we're going to do the things we need to do. Like that's, at the end of the day, that's what you should do. Find somebody that has a positive attitude, that shows support, that's willing to continue the hard fight and continue to charge forward and do it, you know? Get get like-minded people together. I totally agree. As, like I told you, I had a two-hour conversation last night with a, yeah. a, a client who's, who I'll pretty much say he's going to be probably my best friend when he moves here. Right. Um, but two-hour conversation. Well, you too. I'm <laughs> just adding. He'll, he'll be behind you. You're added you. to let, Okay. Yeah. Well, and, he uh, could make me disappear, you know? Uh, I don't Maybe. Know. I mean, he knows Maybe. magic. So. Yeah, he does, doesn't he? But, yeah, it made me forget about everything that yeah. was going on in the world. And, and that's important. Like, for that brief moment in time, you were able to have a great conversation, disconnect, detach, and then I guarantee the rest of your night, went better than you projected because of that conversation. Definitely. And I guarantee the days to come will be better than projected because of that conversation. Because whether we admit it or not, those outside sources tend to impact us to some degree. You know, if, if you're filling your bucket full of shit, 
at the end of the day, what are you going to have? You're, You're going to have, have a bucket, bucket of shit. shit and right. Flies around you. Exactly. You're going to have trash. So, mm. anyways, thanks again for tuning in. Sorry for the the long winded message. It's it's things I really felt people needed to hear out there. Um, you know, I hope everyone's being safe. I hope everyone that's out there is healthy, doing well. You know, plenty of toilet paper, all that other great stuff. So, thanks again for tuning in. We'll talk to you soon.